proven in multiple researches that people with a very strong um, religious and spiritual belief system are actually more resistant um, to stresses in life uh, and they have more immune, higher immune function. Right? But there is a critical balance in terms of how strong those belief systems are since uh, fanaticism or fundamentalism, like how rigidly you hold your religious belief systems tend to also uh, skew you towards, you know, having a lot of uh, mental health as well as physical difficulties. Good day to all of our viewers here at Asenor Fireside Chat. I'm very happy that you have remained loyal to our series of vlogs here at Asenor. And I'm also very happy that I am once again with a, my very beautiful co-hosts here. We have the co-founders of Asenor. We have Lev and we also have Ilan. Ilan and Lev, how are you? So yeah, so I'm good. Good, yeah, good here despite uh, yes. we have MECQ here, okay, mm -hmm. starting August 1, okay. Mm. So how's mm -hmm. everything there? Um how's how's everything in Pagadian Sir Bob and in Cebu, Ilan? Uh, well, here in Pagadian City, um the I'm very proud to say that Pagadian City is the capital of Western Mindanao mm -hmm. region. It's now the official uh, regional seat, regional oh. center. Uh, it has been transferred from uh, Sambuanga City. Well, here in Cebu, uh, we still have few adjustments again because of MECQ, and but uh, life must go on. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's that reminds true. me of a song. That reminds okay. me of a song <laughs> by Leanne Rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Before and, we digress yes. further, we uh -huh. are going to be having our first lifelong learning course very soon. And this is a different course from our master classes that we have yes, conducted yes. in the past. Uh -huh. So perhaps uh, Lev can introduce to our listeners what's the difference between the master class, the uh -huh. lifelong learning classes, and the other trainings that Asinger has uh, for our learners, for our viewers. Uh, yes. Lev, can you yes. please do the honors? Uh, so when we started um, Asinger, uh, so we conceptualized this ALA or a senior learning academy, which of course um, promotes lifelong uh, learning. Uh, and um, under ALA, we have educator webinar series. So we're doing this once a month, uh, mini pocket or pocket webinars for our educators. We're offering this for free. And also uh, just last July 17, um, we uh, started our first masterclass. So when we say masterclass, so um, this is uh, longer than, of course, the pocket webinar. So it's normally three hours um, every weekend. So the last one, we had it from 9 a.m. to 12 noon. And okay. um, it's highly interactive with breakout mm. sessions. So there mm. practical exercises and discussions among the webinar participants and the masterclass coach. And mm -hmm. ano po, um, very diverse po yung mga topics natin dito because we also actually um, ask um, our educators, um, we, we, we uh, 
um, actually uh, encourage them to um, suggest topics, especially relevant topics. Now, um, aside from our pocket webinar and our master class, we are also launching our online lifelong learning course. And Helen, with the honors of introducing our special guest. Yeah, yes, Lev, I'm, I'm very proud to introduce to you um, our uh, yeah, resource speaker for our course, Lifelong Course. And um, he is a psychotherapist and he is also one of my yeah, role models in terms of clinical practice. Um, he has a, a lot of experience, has wide extensive experience in psychotherapy. And I'm so glad that we are able to um, contact him and um, with this uh, online course because he's, he's a pioneer in, in the online course. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to uh, introduce Dr. Tyler Ong. Sir, how, how's, how's, how's there? How's MECQ Live there? <laughs> Hi, Dr. Hi. Tyler. Surviving. <laughs> so, Dr. Tyler is based in Cebu, right? Yes. Yes. So, basically, our first online course is, um, yeah, it is offered for um, those who are taking a master's degree or PhD in clinical clinical psychology, who are also in in the practice of, um, yeah, in, in the clinical practice. But um, this can also be uh, offered to all who are in. Uh, interested with um, the title of the course is Psychology of Religion and Spirituality. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Tyler Ong would give us like uh, a description about this course, sir. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So uh, the course is about generally how we apply uh, the study of psychology of religion and spirituality uh, to mental health. So since, as Elan mentioned, um, this was originally conceived of as a uh, offering for masteral and doctoral students uh, taking up clinical psychology, um, it's more of how you can introduce uh, the findings in the researches from psychology of religion and spirituality to your practice ethically and professionally. Um, but for the average person, the lay uh, person, you can also take um, some information here and uh, so, sort of create a self kind of a self-care routine based on religion and spirituality of what works um, and its impact on mental health. The concept of self-help and mental self-help and mental health has been a buzz nowadays, especially because, again, of the pandemic. And um, it's only very recently that the concept of mental health has come to light. And even if it has been discussed a lot of times, many people still do not necessarily understand the concept of mental health. In fact, just recently, I think you may have heard of uh, Simone Biles, who who decided not to participate in the all-around gymnastics in the Olympics because of mental health. And also the, there was this Japanese-American uh, athlete who decided to forgo the, I think, one of the tournaments because of the issue of mental health. Now, even uh, athletes suffer 
some issues with mental health, but there are some people who do not completely grasp the issue of mental health. So doc, perhaps you can discuss it for us because people do not value, do not have a very good understanding. They think that a mental health lang yan, mental health na parang, and that's a very simple thing. But when we talk about mental health, what is it and how, why is it very important for us to, to ensure that we're able to provide self-care, self-help, and ensure uh, mental health, uh, good mental health? Okay, so uh, mental health is actually uh, a bit of a misnomer because we only just focus on health in general. You know, we uh, do not have the uh, justification anymore to divide between physical health, mental health, emotional health, since uh, every aspect of a person um, is continuously interacting. So you cannot just say like uh, mental health focus, right? Uh, because ultimately what happens to your body affects your mind and vice versa. But uh, generally, I think what people are using mental health as a term nowadays uh, are trying to say uh, how stable you are in terms of uh, your feelings, the way you're thinking, that you're able to function every day um, and not feeling so-called dark emotions, negative emotions throughout the day. Um, so uh, I think the most objective uh, indicator if you have this uh, stable mental health would be that you are productive and functional um, and, and that you can go through the day uh, being able to take care of yourself, being able to take care of others, um, obviously not harming anyone, right? uh, including yourself. Right? So mental health is particularly important nowadays uh, because of what I just said a while ago. Uh, if overall health is compromised, then every aspect of the person is will definitively have consequences in the long run. So we have the COVID pandemic, for instance, and it's been proven it's a multi-systemic virus so we are seeing a lot of mental health issues from not just people who have had covid but also those who are suffering because of quarantine because of the uncertainty you know um, that's uh, been uh, happening because of the virus okay. so um doctor yeah i have a question I, like doctor tyler yeah connecting that to your online course um, would you also be discussing like mental health benefits of spirituality or is that part of that of religion yes yes so certainly um, that is part of it because it's been proven in multiple researches that people with a very strong um, religious and spiritual belief system are actually more resistant um, to stresses in life uh, and they have more imu higher immune function Right. But okay. there is a critical balance in terms of how strong those belief systems are since uh, fanaticism or fundamentalism, like how rigidly you hold your religious belief systems tend to also uh, skew you towards, you know, having a lot of uh, mental health as well as physical difficulties, like high blood pressure yeah. you know, and you're more prone to angry outbursts uh, when that happens. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's true. No, if if one person really has a very strong spiritual or religious belief, na um, everything is okay, things are going to be fine, uh, to a certain extent, that lowers their 
perhaps blood pressure. And so in the process, at least it is not, uh, yung mental health nila is, is not going to be very affected or they're able to become resilient because they're able to bounce back uh, instead of becoming depressed because of these uh, concerns that they have. Right, right. And um, is this related to, because um, earlier, you know, when we started our um, educator webinar series, we had this um, topic on mindfulness. Uh, my connection right. po ba ito dito, Doc? Like, yes. uh, you do meditation, self-reflection, um, self I guess, right? Right, yes. So mindfulness was originally a very religious topic. Um, it, if we trace the first scientific researches on mindfulness, this was from interactions between Western scientists and the Dalai Lama. Um, and that's when they started to bring in this concept into the West and started to secularize it. So they stripped it, stripped it of its Buddhist philosophy and Buddhist religious uh, background to be digestible to scientists because scientists uh, have this sort of reputation, you know, that if it's not something we can measure, we don't actually are interested in it. So um, over time, since they found out like there are so many benefits um, to mindfulness and meditation, they started to look into related practices. Right? So um, there are many uh, coping mechanisms, coping skills that we teach to clients that actually have their roots in religion. Right? So the only uh, obstacle at the moment that um, uh, that we are facing in terms of funding for these kinds of researches is because it sounds very religious, very value-laden. Um, so nobody is interested in like attaching their names to these kinds mm -hmm. of uh, studies, right? Let's mm -hmm. okay. see. Okay, so Doc, can you please discuss with us what are the physical effects of, let's say, uh, the practice of religion as related to perhaps the mental health of the well-being, mental well-being of a person. Because yung sabi nga nila, if you are at peace or if you are like this, to a certain extent, yung body mo will also react, react positively or negatively. So can you please discuss that with us? So um, I'll take an example of the average Filipino um, uh, to answer that question, you know, and, and we'll run through that. So the idea of being at peace is actually something that is not easily achieved by the average person, even when they are performing religious rituals or participating in a spiritual practice. You know, for example, the average Filipino goes to mass every Sunday, at, at least pre-pandemic. Um, but they're just there because it's tradition. So you don't actually have any kind of health benefits from going into the church, you know, just singing and then um, kneeling and then bowing and whatever, right? So you're just there in order to participate because that's what you've been told. You don't have any mental or physical health benefits from it. So after you go through the mass or you're in the mass itself, and then we attach electrodes or take your uh, blood sample or whatever, we don't see any change, right? And I believe there are some studies that actually did that. 
um, so that the feeling of peace, the feeling of being able to just settle into that practice is actually quite difficult to achieve since you have to be very um, participative, basically um, entire body and mind are into the practice, right? So let's say for instance, if um, you go to church um, and then you participate in mass and you're fully invested in the mass, right? Um, um, you're, you're a 100% believer in the catechism, um, that there is meaning to this, there is purpose, right? So then the mechanism that actually creates the health uh, benefits is more of uh, the mindfulness as well as a feeling of acceptance, the sense of acceptance and peace. So it connects um, then your body response because if you're at peace, certain um, neurological uh, pathways get triggered in your brain. So parasympathetic nervous system gets activated. This is the part of our nervous system that tells us like, it's fine, you know, it's okay, you can rest, you're at peace, etc. Um, and the other side of your nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system, the one that tells you you need to run or you need to fight because we have a threat, yes. gets silenced. Right? Mm -hmm. So that is when blood pressure goes down, you know, your heart rate evens out. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, if we do this consistently, then we wouldn't need um, a lot of um, anti-cholesterol pills, for example, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Of course, I'm not saying that mass is a good substitute for taking your medicine, yes. you know, but yes. it does help as a supplement. Yes. So and the, the environment where the person is in, let's say, for example, because um, I think it would make sense now, like, for example, if you are in a place where in, like, you feel like you're safe, you know, so safe space for you. And then yes. yung mga tipong, yeah. um, in a place where it's very welcoming, their sense of inclusivity, for example, tapos you would feel that you are supported, yung mga ganon. So, uh, and and I think one thing breeds to another. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, we talk about the psychology of religion and spirituality. We're not just talking about religion here, but our connection to the higher being, our mm -hmm. purpose in life, our, our place in this world. I'm really in this particular time in my life when I'm very, very satisfied with the, what I'm doing. And so I'm all the time very thankful. In fact, every day, I would just say every day or sometimes when I'm alone, out of the blue, I'm just going to, I just tell myself, thank you, thank you, Lord, because I'm happy and I'm ha satisfied with what I'm doing right now. And because of that satisfaction, it breeds to happiness and contentment. And because I am at that level in my, in my place, in my, in my life, and in, in this particular situation that I'm satisfied, I'm calm and happy, I'm able to think more creatively. So that one thing, that this is really the effect of it, that if you are in this particular state of mind, one thing breeds to another, which benefits you. But again, if you are in a very toxic place, you're a very toxic time in your life, and what you're thinking is all the time negative, there are some toxins in your body that are also released, and then you get angry easily, and that also has a direct effect on the quality of work that you, uh, that you produce. Right. Yeah. 
So just to add in a little bit also about the discussion of community and place, that is certainly part of how religion can impact our health is through community. Um, and the people that we know, our loved ones, are part of that religious community. Um, we call this as the intrinsic, extrinsic, sorry, the extrinsic part of religion. So the external aspects of religion. So um, church, uh, Catholic churches, for example, are meant to awe. So they're built always uh, with very high ceilings, you know, with uh, very large kinds of naves, you know, with uh, acoustics involved, etc. So it is meant to provide you with a sense that there is really this higher thing inside here and you are meant to feel small, not in a negative way, but that, you know, you have to uh, relinquish you know, your, your agency to this higher force, right? However, that does not uh, mean that everyone um, accepts that kind of belief, right? Yes, so it, it yes. depends on the, the person, like, uh, for instance, um, people who have been abused uh, when they were altar boys by priests, for example, any church <laughs> would become a reminder of that trauma, right? Uh, right. While they still hold to the Catholic belief system, for instance, but actually a lot of them become very, very atheistic. Um, uh, the fact that they can't go into church would mean like two sufferings, right? Two types of suffering. First is that it, since they believe that they're still Catholic, but they can't participate in this most uh, important prayer, mass is considered the most important prayer um, in the Catholic faith, then it creates frustration in them. They can't actualize their faith. And number two, it causes the traumatic memories to turn again, you know, um, not even uh, being near physically at church just by like a visual or even thinking that I can't go to church anymore um, can trigger these traumatic memories, right? Mm -hmm. um, and to add to that, there actually have been some studies showing that extrinsic aspects of religion are not as important as intrinsic right? um, religion, although, you know, it is debatable, um, depending on the context of a particular person we're talking about, right, because extrinsic aspects of religion are highly dependent on the presence or absence of certain elements. So it's not within our control. Like, for example, yes, you like this particular church, you go to this church and you feel happy every time. But what actually makes you happy is because there are these people, your, your posture, yes, for example. The community, the community you, there. Right? Right, yeah. But if right. they're absent and you go by yourself, you know, there is a significant drop in the sense of like, I'm not really invested in this ritual, you know? So... Mm -hmm. Um, that's just something that I'd like to add. Right. And I guess it depends on the person's like level of spirituality, I guess, um, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Doc, you know, like how you're brought up, I guess, uh, that's one factor then. Um, yeah, like, say, for example, how spiritual your family is, I guess, or your household is. Yes. Like um as you like move through life, all your experiences and everything is grounded on that. So parang wherever you may be, because like for example, um in, in my own experience, like um I've lived in Singapore, for example, I've lived in China, I'm here in Canada. When I was in China, talagang 
naghanap ako ng Catholic Church. And I was in that city wherein isa lang yung Catholic Church and it's not even a church, it's just a chapel. And all of the people mm-hmm. attending um, the Mass are all Chinese. Um, yung mga taga doon talaga. And they do not speak, they say the Mass in English. But I'm still there. Mm-hmm. And parang yung brain, yeah. well, like while they're doing the Our Father, parang memorize mo na, di ba? Kung ano yung sequence. Yeah. So parang for me, Our Father na to. Okay. I was I was like praying on my own sa sarili ko na lang. Yung, and then for me parang the the connection it matters a lot. So parang I I was in this foreign country and for me like to feel in a way safe, I have to go there, I have to yeah. be there. Yes. Uh-huh. Talking about yeah. the, the rituals that the Catholics do, that has been bashed for quite or by a lot of other people now they say it becomes very ritualistic and it loses its meaning but it depends upon the person. Uh, it depends on on the person because different persons, different people react to the 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 uh, the conduct of the rituals. Some actually they say even in Buddhism, for example, they have this um the sound reverberates inside, and to a certain extent, it also has some connection to the to their spirituality. Uh, the the repetition, the recitation of yes. certain yes. words also has somehow an effect on the person's mind on the person's let's say uh, spirit uh, spiritual spiritual being on, on on the mind the peace that they are able to experience so um these things perhaps need yeah. further discussion like but, in mga chants diba like in mga chants yes. sa meditation right. ah. yeah. the, 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 the the process or let's say the hearing these sounds that you repeat again and again may also have certain effects dito sa isip mo. And uh, to a certain extent, that also provides certain calmness to you. Mm-hmm. And when you have that right. calmness within you, again, that leads to another thing. But and you I, know what? The, the, these are all things that I'm quite sure, Dr. Taylor, I love our discussion. I love our discussion. Like, yeah. let, like I'm curious. Yeah. You know, like When you do the chanting, why is it that people would say, okay, if you chant this, because there's a YouTube, eh, you, could, you, you could check it out. Then when you do that, like, parang, it gives you a sense of, parang, okay, I'm at peace. Parang, yeah. There's a sense of calmness. Parang, it could be like um, it helps us focus okay mm. um, it, it helps us into our focus because um, prayer any ritual um, like as what you have said it depends on the person because it mm-hmm. has something to do with our connection okay connection with ourselves and our uh, the, the higher being our spirituality um, like even if like um, we say for example we have memorized our father we have memorized the Hail Mary and sometimes it's like lip, we call this like lip prayer na lang like that but if you tend to um, yeah as what um Sir Tyler had said na um, if we are really engrossed with it, invested with it, and um, we find a sense of purpose and meaning with it. So, um, yeah, it, it, it helps us um, uh, not just with our uh, emotional aspect, psychological aspect as well. Uh, Lev, I would just like to react to something that you mentioned a while ago, which is about the environment of environment, the person. Yes. The, the, if, if the person has a, a very religious family or upbringing they, or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, they have a very, very religious upbringing. It can work both ways. It really depends upon the person because it can work both ways because uh, even if you may, you may have a family that has a very, very strong religious belief, but you yourself do yes. not agree with them, or maybe right. to a certain extent, 
uh, what you like is something that they do not like and you end up being persecuted even if your family is very religious but it does not connect with you you do not connect with what they believe in yeah. it could also work negatively really important there is the experience so mm -hmm. uh, most of us we are taught with regards to the ritual more on the ritual like say for example me when i was in um it, it's kind of good like as we go along when we reach adulthood and then we would realize all these things um like when we were still young uh, we tend to follow our parents mm -hmm. and we go to mass not minding what's the purpose there of going mm -hmm. there and then like um me, for example, um, early in the morning at, at five o'clock, we are we um, our mother would wake us up because we're going to pray the rosary and things like that. And at five o'clock or four o'clock in the morning, it's really kind of good. And then what's what's the benefit of this waking up early, things like that. As and then with all these experiences, um hard uh, wired in our brain already, and then and when we reach into adulthood and we have all these learnings, we have all these things, and then sometimes there are conflict things here yeah that's that's mm -hmm. other people will say um they some don't people believe in, yeah, yeah mm. they tend to question now and, mm -hmm. and i believe all of these things are going to be clarified by dr tyler on during his lifelong learning yes class. i'm really and, uh, excited I, want, I think i'm the I first one i'm the first one to enroll here <laughs> Me too. the correlation the correlation between psychology yes. between mental health and and uh, religion and spirituality. Dr. Tyler Ong, I'm quite sure, will be able to discuss all of these in detail and will be able to provide the, uh, will be able to provide, will be able to allow the listeners, the viewers, the participants of this lifelong learning session to appreciate better the advantages of spirituality and religion in one's mental health. Right. Thank so, you, Dr. Tyler. Yes. So, we're going to be really looking at things from a very um, analytical uh, perspective. So, it's not just a discussion about uh, religion. Um, that you have been practicing or that you were taught as a child. So this is from a very scholarly and scientific perspective. Um, there are no judgments or biases like uh, religion is something that's very good or something like that. Uh, we will be discussing also negative aspects um, of religion as it applies to your mental health. So this is just something that is uh, convenient uh, for you to do because you know you can practice, you can um, um, uh, believe um, wherever, whenever, you don't need any kind of money. So especially nowadays when many people who need help can actually access mm -hmm. the necessary help, you know, um, right. and even then many people are going through existential crisis, you know, crisis of identity. Um, and uh, once you have a very stable spiritual belief system, how you understand the world, yourself, your place in it, etc., it actually can solve a lot of questions in your head. You know? So um, uh, even if you're relatively stable, you know, you're well adjusted, just having this information from a scholarly perspective can be something that you can explore also maybe for further studies, especially for uh, practitioners or graduate students, you know, um, or you can impart this kind of information to other people who are interested. 
Right. Thank you, Dr. Tyler. Sir Bob, take it away. <laughs> okay, so um, on behalf of Asir Fireside Chat, we would like to thank Dr. Tyler Ong. I'm quite sure all of our participants will be able to learn a lot of things from this learning experience. Dr. Tyler Ong, yes. I look forward to joining your class. Yes, yes. Me too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. And okay. to our listeners and subscribers, Sir Bob, what do we normally say? <laughs> Yes, please yes. subscribe to us in your uh-huh. fireside chat. Chat, I'm sorry, chat. and like our Facebook chat, uh, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. All right, see you everyone. So next episode, Bye. 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 Bye.